Well, hello and welcome to episode number 290 of the Plain Talking UK podcast. I'm Carlos and I'm in the P2K studios this week along with my fellow co-host, the glorious Matt Smith. <laughs> the glorious. What do you want? <laughs> Nothing. I've already brought you gifts, right? You have, actually. Yes, absolutely. He's been very generous today. I don't know what's the matter with you. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much for all your I know. your marvellous gifts. I know, I know. Yes. I, I spoiled him this evening with... Uh, not only did he have um, spicy uh, chicken-breaded thingies things um you also had grapes we had grapes chicken thingy thingy things things. yes right Uh, and we also had uh uh, blueberry muffins right okay good lovely of which there are still one left so we might be offering that in the christmas prize this year christmas prize okay (laughs) lovely (laughs) might be a bit bullet sized by the time you (laughs) bit dry yeah absolutely oh see how how are you anyway matt you good uh yeah moving on uh yeah, Matt is um, Matt's Matt's going to struggle a bit this I'm week here. because he that, that, that's all we can say. He currently, currently uh, Matt is suffering currently from a slightly different version of man flu. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, 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 so yeah. Matt's going to yeah. struggle a bit this week. HD cameras are not my friend this week. No, well, <laughs> but uh, nice picture this week behind us, Matt, but on the green screen. Yes, indeed. Here. Yes, yes, yes. Which is, uh, I think it's one of Jonathan Warner's. It is uh, one of Jonathan Warner's. Don't, don't ask me what it is, because I asked him for all the details and he forgot to send them to me. So, oh. yeah. It, uh, I know he's in, Sw- in I, think he, I think he was in Sweden. Sweden? Sweden, yes. Well, I think that's what he was doing. Yeah. yeah, he's having yeah. fun out there. And uh, Yes, uh, in answer to Neil Landmore, yes, that is one of Jonathan's. Um, Al, 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 Al what? Al, Axalp shots. Oh. If anyone's wondering, that these are blueberry muffins here on top of the fan <laughs> in the studio. Right, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, joining us this week as well, live from his palatial studio oh. in Buckinghamshire, is, of course, the legend that is Neville Bounds. Hello. Yes, here I am, back again for some more. And, uh, yes, yeah, been another good week. Uh, very busy at work at the moment. Um, but uh, gosh, it's very dark, isn't it? It's you can tell that the uh, the autumn, the fall is upon us. Because, Winter is uh, coming. Isn't all those it? nice yes. evenings have gone, and it's uh, chucking it down with rain outside. Yeah, so absolutely. Not, we, we've been spared nice the rain so far. It has to be said, we've been spared mm. the rain so far. But uh, forthcoming, no doubt. It's on its way. Yeah. How uh, how's your week been, Nev? Good. You've obviously you've uh, had yeah, your trip yes. to uh, Antwerp. You went, didn't you? Indeed, I was, and more of which later on, I'm mm. sure. Mm. Uh, and uh, lots of uh, flying coming up uh, next week and the week after. Just, Ooh. you know, local-ish stuff, sort of uh, Brussels, Dublin, Belfast, those sort of places. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, new job's going very well, too. So that's uh, Brilliant. Perfect. That's what we like to hear. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Thank that you. must be nice to be back in the air, Nev, actually. Mm. It is, yes. I've missed it. Yes, uh, you've been bit, you've been a bit sort of ground based for clearly far mm. too long. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so also joining us from his remote location, good studio, luck everyone, <laughs> across the pond in the US, giving him time to plug everything in and make sure it all sounds great. Is of course the man who puts the A in aviation. Oh, it's dear. Armando. <laughs> Hello, fellas. Uh, it is exactly not sounding great today. I apologize for the audio already. I am still working it. I've got three more stories 
till I get it perfect. Right. Okay. Lovely. Yay. All right. Well, what we'll do is we'll stop talking to Armando then for a minute while he goes and yes. reboots so, or whatever it is that he's got to do. To get oh. I'm going to bring his fader down now while he does some magical <laughs> stuff in his studio to get it up and running. So fingers crossed he'll be back with um, uh, with uh, clear fives uh, very soon. So joining us this week, uh, welcome to everyone who are who are in the YouTube chat room this evening. We've got loads of the usual family members in there this week. Uh, Richard Adams, Jan Hubner, you also in there. Auntie Liz, hello to Owen. Hi, Owen. Uh, Owen, Owen made me very jealous last weekend. Oh yeah, he did a bit of flying. Didn't oh, he, he yeah, did a bit of oh, flying. Yeah. He's so 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 jealous. Um, but right. he's back. He's uh, obviously. I mean, you could always do some too now. I know, I know, I know, I know. I'll get there. Uh, Tanya W as well. Hello to you in the chat room uh, with uh, Richard Adams, Neil Lanwarn. Hello to you, Neil. Hope things are good. Uh, good over at the uh, at the Bruntingthorpe with the uh, Guppy. Hope that's not getting too much of a bashing with this wind and rain it will be yeah, having this week. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, so welcome to everyone who's joined us on the show. Also, hello to Stuart McBurney, uh, my illustrious boss, who's also watching the show as well from oh. his uh, phone. And, uh, yeah, so from, the, from the country estate. Yes. From the country manor, yes, country manor. <laughs> like that, yes. He's also Absolutely. there. Um, uh, if anybody wants to interact with the show, we did it for ooh, the first time last week, uh, and awesome. uh, it went very, very well, I'm pleased to say. Uh, if you aren't aware of our WhatsApp number here in the studio, it is plus four four seven five seven. Two two four nine one six six. So that's plus four four seven five seven two two four nine one six six. That is our WhatsApp number here in the studio. It is live and ready to take your messages. So do feel free to send videos, pictures, audio files, whatever it is that you want to do. Uh, ping those across to plus four four seven five seven two two four nine one six six. And don't forget as well, we would love to uh, obviously hear your feedback. If you want to send us some audio feedback, don't forget you can email us on the show and put the audio feedback on WhatsApp. On the WhatsApp, yes. And we've had some great messages, uh, not only during last week's show, but uh, had some uh, uh, great messages afterwards, obviously, where people had listened to it um, um, from the uh, the audio version, um, which was released on the Sunday. So, yeah, really good. Uh, thank you. Uh, oh, hello. Stuff is... What are you doing there, Carlos? I oh, know. We're, we're, what, we're what trying are you doing? We're trying this whole... I mean, I mean, APG dabbled with this this week. So we right. thought... I don't think they did it like um, this. I think they did it a little bit more... No, it was right. a bit more professional. Yeah, yes. yeah absolutely. Yes. Yeah, Carlos's idea of being professional... Go on, wave it in front of the camera so they can see. <laughs> oh, look. Here we go. Face, Facebook Live. Okay. The that, green... That the, looks really <laughs> weird. <laughs> It's because of the green background behind, isn't it? So it's all, it's all um, blending in nicely. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> <coughs> yes. Okay, yeah. brilliant. And uh, anyway, so uh, on the show this week, we have all the usual news and stuff from across the globe. And also we've got a special uh, segment coming up midway through the show where we look at uh, Nev's recent trip on the Fokker. So we're looking forward to that. And yes, I said Fokker. Uh, we've also got the military news as well. Uh, Brought to us courtesy of Armando. And, uh, yeah, we've got uh, lots to get through to. So, um, yeah, we better... But, of course, it is the top of the month. It is. Which means we have one very important thing to do. And we've got to say a big thanks to a, f a certain few people who helped... Very to, much so. ...to keep us going. Keep us on the air. So, yeah, we're yeah, going to hand things over to Neville Barnes. Thank you very much indeed. Yes, very important, this bit, because this is the bit where you contribute. And uh, it really does help us... Uh, keep the show on the air so this month the contributors are adam spink andrew wilson captain jeff chris griggs eric graves evan shu graham haley jacob darlington brown 
Jeff Ward, Jonathan Warner, Jordan Rose, Liz Piper, Masha, uh, Matt Caton, Megan Carrion. I wonder if Armando knows that she can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, Myla, uh, Owen, Neil Lamborn, Nicholas Hewitt, uh, Nico, uh, Philip Labe, Ray Williams, Ruben Wells, Ryan Harper, Stuart Backer, Stephanie Plummer, Steve Andres, Stuart Black, Jenny Parkinson, Tony Stubbings, Philip Davis, and Mazuz Karim. So thank you one and all for your fantastic contributions once again. It really does make a difference to us. Certainly does. Certainly Absolutely. does. Yeah, and if you do want to contribute to the show and you do have a, an extra dollar or two lying behind the sofa or down the back of the sofa. First of all, you'll have to sort of put it into your bank account in order it to be able help. to. <laughs> but you can uh, click on the Patreon I link. don't know how you give a pound via Patreon like, without <laughs> some kind of debit card. But anyway. And we need chip and pin or something Right, like yes. Yeah, yeah. Contactless. Uh, um, if, like me, you are a bit skid though and you can't uh, necessarily afford to, do- to, to donate by those means, uh, you can actually donate by just literally doing your shopping on Amazon. On our website is a special link. Uh, click on that link, do your shopping, and uh, basically we get an ad- advertising uh, referral fee. And that's ideal for us because we can use that voucher on uh, Amazon to buy leads and cables and all that kind of Which thing. Which I did this week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yep, so, I, I, I purchased two cables uh, for my, uh, my business through our Amazon link. So I'm good. kind of helping us. You're helping us. I'm helping You're us. helping you help yourself. Helping me. Something yeah, like that. Something anyway. Like that. <laughs> anyway. Oh. Fa- family show, ladies family and gentlemen. Show. Family show. Yes, I know. Absolutely. That's another dollar for you. <laughs> so uh, we are going to start the show then as we do each week with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're ready, Matt. I am. And if you're ready, Nev. Yes. And if you're ready, Armando, hopefully. No. Still no. working it, but sure, go yeah. for it. Yay! <laughs> okay. Let's go. Good luck, everyone. <laughs> So, kicking off this week's first news story, this one is on TheVerge.com. And, uh, well, it's American Airlines says it will resume flights with Boeing 737 MAX jets in January. So, American Airlines will resume flights with Boeing 737 MAX jets in January 2020. In a statement posted online on October the 9th, the airline says it expects software updates to result in the beleaguered jets recertification by Federal Aviation Authorities later this year. Boeing is expected to submit its final certification package to the FAA later this year. Anticipating this, American says it expects to slowly phase in the MAX for commercial service starting January the 16th and will increase flying on the aircraft throughout the month and into February. The FAA ordered the grounding of all the MAX jets as we all know uh, after the two crashes and uh, both crashes have been linked to a piece of software that we've all talked about a thousand times on the show known as the MCAS system. Uh, The move put enormous strain on airlines which struggled to shift aircraft uh, which were out of service while minimizing the impact on customers. Uh, in an SEC filing, American Airlines says its fleet currently ish, uh, includes 24 Boeing 737 MAX 8 aircraft with an additional 76 on order. Uh, the ongoing investigation into the uh, two incidents have led to a cascading set of cancellation announcements uh, from all the major carriers. American has cancelled flights through to the 3rd of September on the MAX, but after the FAA discovered a new problem with the aircraft's flight computer, it opted to push the aircraft's return to service back later. 
So uh, it's uh, good news, I suppose, for um, American. But I, I, you know, I'll be surprised if this does all happen in January. Have you heard anything across your way, Armando, in regards to uh, whether the FAA have uh, kind of decided to, um, to, to, you know, to give it the green light as such? No, I haven't seen anything official from the FAA quite yet. Um, I think all signs are still going towards the fall, so between now and probably Christmas or the New Year. Um, by all accounts, I think the FAA is going to do it first and uh, get the airplanes back in the air. And everything I've seen is uh, EASA will follow suit sometime after that, but uh, nothing official from the FAA quite yet. Mm. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see whether this does actually happen and whether these um, will return to service uh, that soon. But um, it's been—it seems to be a long, such a long while since they were yeah. um, were taken off uh, out of service, isn't it? But um, yeah. Hmm. So moving on oh, to the next go, story, next, it's sorry. Matt's oh. go, and this uh, this story is a, is a good story uh, with Ryanair, especially if you like your cheap budget flights. Right. Okay. So this is on. Uh, the Sun, which is a quality, oh, your favourite, uh, my favourite uh, newspaper, something along those lines. Uh, just bear with, because we having a few bandwidth issues here in the studio, but although the stream is holding, so fingers crossed, it's all going according to plan. Uh, the Sun.co.uk is the website, and the headline is a right bargain. Uh, Ryanair launches another sale with flights from just four ninety nine. Ryanair has launched another sale flights with fares starting for, from just 4.99 one way it comes just days after the airline's flash sale on flights ended uh, if you missed the chance to snap up bargain flights in the airline's last sale uh, this was only last week you've got another chance this week at the moment the cheapest flights from the uk start from just 4.99 with departure airports around the uk all of the 4.99 flights are to ireland with destinations including dublin knock and shannon uh, however if if you're looking to travel a little further afield, the airline is also offering flights to various European destinations for less than a tenner. From London Southend Airport, for example, you'll find flights to Corfu, Faro, Milan and Palma de Mallorca from just 8 99 one-way. London Stansted has the largest selection of flights from 9 99 one-way, including destinations such as Barcelona, uh, Baritz and Bratz, Bratislava. Uh, from Manchester, you can go to Billund, Bordeaux, Brussels, Marseille, uh, uh, Nates, <laughs> and... Uh, Nantes. Sorry? <laughs> Nantes. Nantes. And Limoges. And Limoges. Okay. <laughs> the next one you're you're Thank you very much. appreciated from just nine ninety nine one. Well, I'm glad somebody's having fun. Uh, Ryanair's latest sale will end on the 10th of October uh, with travel dates between November 2019 and May 2020. Last week, the airline had a flash sale with flights from just five ninety nine to celebrate carrying 150 million passengers in just 12 months. It also announced a number of new routes as well as released flights between now and October 2020. Uh, EasyJet also launched its 2020 flights recently, just for balance. All for balance, okay, yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, EasyJet also launched its 2020 flights recently for those looking to plan ahead. Sun Online Travel recently rounded up some of the best holiday bargains for summer 2020. If you're looking to travel, anyway, I've closed over. Yeah. <clears throat> I tried today. I tried very hard. You're very trying, yes. To try and find a this 499, 499 flight. flight, and I couldn't find it. 
Right. I couldn't even find a nine ninety nine flight. Okay. I, right. I, obviously, they're not lying. The story is there. You know, the, the prices are there. But I, I it's on the really, sun, so I wouldn't put it past. I really yeah. tried to find a four. If anyone who's watching the show manages to find one of these four ninety nine flights, could they please screenshot the the you know the whole process right. online okay. and send it into the show? Because I just I want to see it. I know somebody in our chat room who will be on that right away. Mm. Um, and to be fair, several bargains have been found uh, by said individual, which he and I have been on before. You know where we're. I think, I think, admittedly, it was twenty. Um, what? Oh, uh, but uh, yeah. So it, yes, yeah. I'm sure four somebody 99. will find it. Yeah. I mean, four ninety nine. I mean, do you have to leave your shoes at the, the steps as before you board the aircraft? You know, huh? For that price, <laughs> you know. Right. I mean, you know. <laughs> You know, can you take clothes on board, or do you have to go on? You know, right? Okay. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Armando, uh, what do you reckon? Could you uh, stump the uh, this big sort of uh, fee for this flight? <laughs> uh, you know what? That's probably the single most thing that I miss from Europe is uh, one pound flights, four pounds for or flights for four pound ninety nine or twenty pounds even. That's just, it doesn't exist here. It's just one of those things. You know, I, when I lived in the UK in the early 2000s, uh, I used to go on to the internet on Thursday, see where Ryanair and EasyJet had two pound fares. I would buy the fare and then figure out the rest later. It was great for an American <laughs> yeah. living over there. I, I went to the most obscure places in Europe uh, and it was great. Yeah, well, indeed. We'll wait and see. Someone will find one somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. At some point in yes. time. I mean, of course, there is every possibility that when did, when because you, you did the you think you did these yesterday, didn't no, you? Today. Oh, yeah, what, this afternoon. What the sto- the show notes? No, the show notes are done yesterday. But I I looked today. Right. Okay. But it mm. might have been that they were already no longer available. Yeah. Uh, because because they'd already me. sold. You know. Because that's how this game works. <laughs> you know. It's like they're they're only I don't know. Perhaps they're only on sale for like you know like a fifteen minute window like sort of. Yeah. No, it's like it's like the tickets for a concert in the UK. You know. When you think, oh, like you know, you want to go and see some. Oh. Hello. Uh, where's that coming from exactly? <laughs> what? That was weird, wasn't it? It's not coming from this end, that I do know. Armando. Oh. Armando, are you listening to a little bit of James, James Brown, by any chance? Somebody's acting. <laughs> I'm not. I'm actually on mute, so not me. Oh, okay. Nev, turn James Brown off. Where's that coming from? <laughs> Where is that coming from? Have we been hacked? <laughs> We've been hacked on the show. I don't understand. Um, anyway, wow. um, moving back to uh, task. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, moving on. Uh, that's probably right off now. Yeah, <laughs> James Brown. How very dare you? How did that happen? Um, so uh, next story, Nev. <laughs> Nev, <laughs> next story is uh, for you. Help and, me. Um, Help me. And uh, yeah, this this is a, a good story for those of you who wish to uh, travel on an aircraft in a slightly different seat than usual. Oh. Yes, well, we're always complaining about there's not enough leg room, aren't we, on, on aircraft? But uh, this gentleman uh, fixed it quite well, in the sense, because um, on the Telegraph uh, website, it says that a blind Paralympian has climbed onto the roof of a British uh, yes. Airways plane at London City Airport as part of the Extinction Rebellion protests. Uh, James Brown, coincidentally, a partially sighted <laughs> former cyclist who won a bronze medal at the London 2012 Games, managed to get himself onto the aircraft on Thursday afternoon. The 43-year-old Northern Irishman filmed himself once he had reached the summit and said he was scared of heights 
and was shaky. Uh, during a five-minute lecture to the camera about climate change, he noted security coming towards the aircraft and said, I don't know how they're going to get me down, but I hope it's soon. It's scary up here and a bit cold. Uh, two minutes into the video, he appeared to start struggling, saying he's feeling dizzy. Uh, Mr. Brown offered no clues as to how he managed to get on top of well, the plane. Well, was he feeling dizzy because uh, of the fact that he glued himself to the aircraft and therefore perhaps it was the, yeah, the glue I, I think was it, why he was feeling a bit it. high, that, essentially? It, it could be that, couldn't it? And uh, he says, I don't know how the hell I got up here, but I don't know how the hell I'm going to get down. Right. <laughs> uh, Mr. Brown signs off the video by saying he has to stop the recording because he is too scared. Uh, after airport staff were unable to get him to climb down, the fire brigade took over and three firefighters were seen trying to reach him. Hmm. Passengers on the adjacent plane were informed by staff that aircraft's engines could not be started until the protester was removed. Firefighters draped an orange blanket over the man in their attempt to remove him from the roof, and eventually he was. Uh, a London City Airport spokesman said, we can confirm that a booked passenger that climbed on top of an aircraft at London City Airport has been removed. We are working with all partners to investigate and ensure the safe and secure continuation of service. Mm -hmm. uh, a number of protesters remain outside of the front of the airport terminal and we're working hard with the Metropolitan Police to minimise disruption to passengers. As of 12.15, uh, yesterday I guess this was, uh, there were 55 arrivals and 58 departures. Uh, four years after his heroics at the Paralympic Games, Mr Brown was banned for two and a half years following a doping violation. Indeed. I don't know why that's relevant for climbing on top of an aircraft, but... Um... Yes. I think it's I think it's an um, attempt to sort of quite uh, ironic really wasn't it that the um we, we heard we heard from James Brown the other James Brown uh with his single get on up yeah and indeed. obviously um yes. he, this, this chapter <laughs> yes I, oh, I'm beginning to smell dear. a rat I Mr. Smell a Neville Bounds uh, if I'm brutally honest <laughs> uh, and there was me having some kind of nervous breakdown thinking where oh. is that coming from here in the studio <laughs> And I suspect a certain Mr. Oh, Neville no. Bounds has been playing along with us. He's a naughty um, boy. I'm just going to go very briefly back to the previous story okay. where Carlos didn't believe that it was no. possible to get flights. Uh, and I'm dele delighted to say that our, uh, our now ex-Ryanair correspondent has managed to find several flights. Uh, so you could go Dortmund to uh, Katowice uh, for five euros. To where? Uh, I, I don't know. Katowice? No? <laughs> How am I supposed to that's, say that? I'll tell you what, that's on the top <laughs> of my to-go-to list. <laughs> Really is Katowice. Katowice. Okay, my apologies. I look. I never said I was any good at this rubbish. Uh, <laughs> Malta no. to Barcelona. Oh no, that's. Oh, hold on. How does that benefit me? Well, I've got to get to Barcelona. Well, there is that. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Uh, and a uh, Porto to Toulouse for for five euros as well. Again, I don't live in Toulouse. Yeah, but your your question your your claim was that there weren't flights available for four. All right, okay. For four so euros so we were there. established that there are yes. flights yes, from random yeah. EU Excellent. destinations to yeah. random EU destinations. Random EU destinations. So if anyone can actually find a four ninety nine flight from the UK right to a random <laughs> EU okay. destination, I'm sure if we leave do. it with our various correspondents, I'm sure yeah. they'll be able to find something. Actually, just uh, interestingly, while while we are on, on that. Uh, uh, 
some of the WhatsApp pictures are starting to come in, I'm pleased to say. Uh, this one was sent by said uh, ex-Ryanair correspondent. Uh, and, oh, look uh, at him, isn't he? he lovely. Isn't, isn't this... Now, this is, this is the flight that you were busy slagging off a minute ago, wasn't it? Where it was, and it says, uh, me in Johannesburg after going flying at Grand Central Airport, finally getting back into getting my PPL. I'm glad I'll he keep... chose the aircraft that he's standing in front of and not that hideous thing behind. What, the, the wellycopter? Yes. Yeah, okay, right. Uh, anyway, I'll keep you updated about how training goes. Definitely a slowly but surely type job, but I'll get there. So a gentle reminder, Carlos, you know, because you started that one. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, what, where, where, when, where was the, <laughs> you know, what, what, what happened there, Carlos? Uh, it's called changing jobs. Okay, right. Yes, <laughs> anyway, moving swiftly on. Anyway, okay, uh, sorry. To Armando, <laughs> to the next story, and uh, Armando, this is great news if you want to go skiing. Yeah, this one actually came from Ray Davis, and uh, I'm not going to say I enjoyed the story, but this is, it's an interesting story. It's a, a, a pilot and his passenger had un- an unbelievably, unbelievably lucky escape when their plane crashed into a ski lift, and they were left completely uninjured. The 62-year-old pilot was able to get out of the plane, but his 55-year-old passenger had to be rescued after they were left trapped in the cockpit. Footage shows the light aircraft tangled inside the ski lift wires, dangling precariously upside down. The video was taken by rescue teams. Uh, it shows the pilot sitting on the wing as a rescue uh, team carefully edges along the cable to reach them. The incident occurred at uh, Prato Valentino Ski Resort at Teglio, north of Milan in the Italian Alps on Sunday afternoon. Uh, as reported by The Mirror, uh, Firefighters, police, and mountain rescue teams took almost two hours to complete the complicated operation to save the pair from the upside-down plane. Even 20 Army personnel were drafted to help in the mission. Uh, according to officials, the plane was on a sightseeing flight, having, take, having taken off from a local airfield, but then apparently lost power before crashing into the cable. A spokesperson for the Corpo Nazionale Socorrozzo Alpino e Speleologico, Italy's National Cave and Mountain Rescue Unit, they commented it was actually lucky that the pair had crashed into the ski lift. Uh, They were really very, very lucky. It was a miraculous escape. The plane crashed into the cables, but fortunately it became stuck rather than crashing to the ground. Kind of goes on a little bit about the rescue operation, but uh, why I thought it was funny is this is a bit like catching the, the third wire on an aircraft carrier. So <laughs> however, however it is that he managed to do it, uh, it worked out in their favor. Usually those, um, I think there's been previous incidents of low-flying aircraft that clip ski lift cables, and it doesn't always turn out so well. But in this case, it, I think it just managed to snag the airplane just right, and it was probably an emotional event. And... Uh, yeah, I thought it was funny because it's the middle of summer and they probably had to call these the ski lift rescue team um, out of hibernation. <laughs> but they're lucky, honestly. I think the aircraft's going to be a write-off, uh, looking at the pictures there on uh, on the news story. Matt's just running. For those of you watching in YouTube, see the video on... Uh, yeah, some rescuers now. busy making their the way rescuers, to the aircraft. Yeah, but yeah. I, think, uh, yeah, I think the aircraft may well be a write-off after this. Um, yeah. But hand, handy that it was a highway aircraft, to be fair, because at least they had somewhere to sit whilst waiting to be rescued. <laughs> yeah, he looked very calm just sitting there on the wing. I suppose it was a couple hours, but uh, I don't know that I would have been that calm. But uh, good good for him. And, yeah, they, you know, judging by that video, it, it does look like 
the terrain is pretty inhospitable. So maybe maybe they really were lucky catching catching those those yeah, wires and uh, absolutely ended up where they are. Dr. Steph in the chat room, she's uh, just said that apparently crop dusters catch a lot of power lines. Oh, do they? Mm. Yeah, I suppose there's a bit of an occupational yeah. hazard because yeah. it's that low-flying low thing, flying, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, so anyway, going back to the Ryanair story, Carlos, you realise what you've started oh, here, don't you? God, no. uh, it is, uh, yeah, so it's... Oh, uh, well, where are we flying from now? So Bristol. Uh, Mongolia. Bristol. Oh, Bristol. Yeah, yeah, so we can fly from Bristol to... Uh, come to on, give me, this, give me this destination in the EU that we've all heard of. Bezier. No? Okay. Right. Anyway, you can fly there for uh, four ninety nine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, or you or you can go Edinburgh to Bucharest and Warsaw for oh, no, seven ninety nine. Oh, a seven ninety nine. Sorry, it's too much. Oh, right. Sorry, too much money. There we are. <laughs> <sighs> Moving swiftly on yes. to the next uh, story, which is on the ChicagoBusiness.com website. And uh, the headline, we've talked about this before, actually, uh, seatback screens. And uh, the headline mm. here, see, uh, why airline seatback screens are an endangered species. So three of the largest U.S. airlines, United, American, and Alaska Air, are removing screens from their domestic workhorses. Uh, in a quest to command higher fares, the tra uh, travel, uh, traveler loyalty airlines are constantly scrambling in the market to onboard services as better than brand X. Now these days, one highly visible battleground is directly in front of you, the seatback screen. While such displays are firmly entrenched aboard long-haul fleets helping passengers uh, while the hours away during ocean crossings, there's a deep difference of opinion among U.S. carriers when it comes to domestic single-aisle jets. The advent of onboard Wi-Fi has given airlines the option of using your phone or tablet as a portal for films or TV shows and video games, avoiding the expense of costly hardware at every seat. Three of the largest U.S. airlines, American uh, Airlines, United Holdings and Alaska Air, are removing the screens from uh, their medium-range 737 and A320 aircraft sold by Boeing. And uh, the Southwest Airlines has never equipped its Boeing 737s with screens, and it says it has no plans to change that either. Uh, meanwhile, Delta Airlines and JetBlue are betting seatback screens with uh, an audio-video on-demand uh, that will lure uh, domestic travellers. A three-year-old Delta subsidiary, Delta Flight Products, has merged the two worlds, developing a wireless streaming product and seat-mounted tablet screens for many of the airline's new deliveries, uh, dispensing with the weight associated with the traditional hardwired displays. Uh, the reason for replacing seatback screens is, of course, the ubiquitous smartphone. Onboard streaming services are seen by some airlines as an obvious way to trim uh, expenditure, but for others, that sinking feeling passengers get when they realise there's no screen in front of them presents a marketing opportunity. And I suppose a lot of airlines as well, they use these for, for advertising means as well. Mm. I know uh, some airlines use these to sell products while online. But to be, to be fair, there's no, there's no reason why with their play-out system that, that mm. um, your tablet or whatever will connect to to sort of stream said films, etc., etc. There's no reason why they can't still embed those um, adverts into the, the media player stream that you're picking up. So... Um, I mean, you've seen the quality of some of these screens. I mean, you've flown on a, on a long-haul flight before, Matt, and you've seen the, the quality of screen in the seatbacks. They're not your typical full 1080p HD screens, are uh, they? 
no, no. I mean, you know, they're, um, they're, uh, I certainly don't think they'd get TFT. Mr. Bounds' uh, seal of approval, shall we say, for high definition. What, what's, <laughs> Nev, what's, what's been your, your uh, worst airline and best airline for seat back screen quality? Because I know you are a AV mm, quality technical good person. Quest. Good question. Probably the worst uh, was the some of the last um, BA seven six seven flights I took uh, because they were pretty ropey, and I think I'm right in saying they had a a CRT video Ooh. projector. Ooh. Uh, oh my goodness! There, uh, <laughs> probably four by three format as well. Gosh. Um, so yeah, not not great. Um, the better one, I think the best one I had was on the United 787. I went to Washington, uh, I think it was last year or year before. That was very nice, actually, very good quality. And um, yeah, but it, I don't know, you see, all this stuff adds weight, doesn't yeah, it? And that's yeah. the key thing these days. Um, having said that, you know, the larger manufacturers of these uh, uh, play out systems, Panasonic in particular, and there's two or three others as well. Uh, this is a you know a large part of their business, so it would be mm. quite a hit uh, for them to lose some of that, I'm sure. So um, be interesting to see you know how it goes on in you know in five years' time, for example. But everybody carries tablets and stuff with them anyway, don't they? This is this is the thing. I mean, everybody. Can you, can you imagine you know, 330 people taking one of these on but board they an are. aircraft? They pretty much are anyway. Mm. It's just that they're perhaps keeping it in their hand luggage. I mean, everybody will at some point reach for their phone or their tablet, pull it out, and then just sort of, you know, use it. So not being funny, you may as well sort of just have a USB charging point point that will be enable you to that'll have enough juice in it to keep your iPad topped up or whatever, and then just stream it through the air. Micah makes a good point in the chat room that he says that uh, obviously Micah's got a phone but not a tablet, and a phone is not really for watching films on. I'm gonna. Well, I don't know. I'd, I'd much rather watch a film on my phone than uh, some than some of those CRT screens. Doctor Steph has just said, "Book anyone? <laughs> a book? Mm. Or oh, here's a crazy idea. And if it's a daytime flight, why don't you just open the blind and enjoy the view? And that's a full <laughs> HD view. Then that is that's a full like like HD flight. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you're rather relying on the fact that perhaps the window is clean, and that that always can't <laughs> yeah. be a guarantee. But uh, uh, Richard yeah. Adams makes yeah. a very good point actually in the chat room. He says he that he usually uh, does. I, I wouldn't trust the security of an IFE network enough to connect my personal devices. Oh, that's an interesting thing. Hmm. That is an interesting thing. Yeah, that's a good thing. point. I hadn't that thought is, of that. That is that is something Richard. that's ever crossed your mind, Nev? All the time. Um, we are hearing all the time, aren't we, about hmm. data breaches, hacks, backdoors, all sorts of things going on. Uh, and that's in the official world of you know government and all sorts of other things and, and people losing data or, or, you know, all sorts of other bits and pieces. True. I don't know. I, I'm not that precious about it particularly, but um, data security has become the biggest topic in the last couple of years, hasn't mm. it? Because you hear about these data breaches all the time, whether it's the, the banks or, or the building society or your mortgage mm. company. You know, someone's suddenly got access to, you know, half a million people's data. Um, mm. And that's uh, more than concerning, I would say. Indeed. Uh, Neil's made another great uh, point in the chat room there, actually, saying that's what VPNs are for. Mm. So I mean, and and they're they're quite cheap to get these days, aren't they? So you can you can easily sort of hide your uh, hide yourself a little bit yeah. using a VPN, I suppose. <laughs> but uh, hello, <laughs> oh, sorry, Richard Adams. Just before we move on, Richard Adams has put uh, 
Could be funny having a whole row all watching different air disaster films. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> that would be you, absolutely. <laughs> a whole yeah. series of air crash investigation. Oh, yes. Yeah, indeed. Yes. Armando, any last thoughts before we move on? Yeah, I think I've said it a couple times. I, my worst IFE experience, unfortunately, was on Virgin. Uh, they were terrible. And uh, like Nev, my best IFE experience was on United. Um, but really? nowadays, you know, I, I guess I'm not, uh, I'm not as savvy as you guys. I plug in, you know, I hook up to the Wi-Fi, I watch the movies on my iPad. But after this conversation, maybe I'll just have an old iPad that has a fake account and just uh, different airline apps so I can watch movies. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, th- th- there is that, I suppose, isn't there? Or, or just a, a cheap VPN. That's all you need, uh, Armando. Yeah. Just a cheap VPN, and that'll help protect you from the outside world. Uh, just a reminder of what the uh, WhatsApp number is, boys Ooh. and girls: plus four four seven five seven two two four nine one six six. That's plus four four seven five seven two two four nine one six six. Yeah, I could do that, I suppose. So moving on to the next story, Matt, which is for you. And this story, and uh, I have to say, I didn't choose this deliberately for you, Mm -hmm. I will say, Matt, before you read it, because Mm -hmm. it makes for interesting reading, but um, Mm -hmm. I thought you'd appreciate this story. And the headline is, Matt. In the same same way that one might sort of, you know, enjoy a hole in the head. It's on a posh website. Is it what? Forbes.com. Yes. Yes. Brace yourselves, everyone. It's on Forbes.com. And the headline is the 2019 list of the most dangerous airlines <laughs> in the world. Uh, the last 40 years have seen continual engineering and hu- advancement that solidifies aviation as the safest form of transportation. However, with the actual members uh, numbers of air passengers and flights increasing at an exponential rate, you could be forgiven for questioning the statistical evidence. Uh, recent years have seen multiple aircraft hull losses in the news headlines. British Airways are considered a very safe airline, but a relatively short memory will remember images of flight BA-38 from Beijing that crashed, landed at Heathrow in 2008, that, yeah. or the stark images of a uh, BA 777 on fire at Las Vegas in 2015. Mm. Uh, Emirates are another airline who have quietly moved on from the negative PR they received after a Boeing 777 crash landing at Dubai in 2016. Thankfully, there were no fatalities on the aircraft from these particular incidents, but unfortunately there have also been dozens of fatal accidents over the last decade. Examples include the two recent Boeing 737 MAX disasters, images of an Aeroflot aircraft uh, bouncing down the runway in Moscow engulfed in flames, and then, of course, the two Malaysia Airlines crashes, uh, of which one of the aircraft was shot down out of the sky over the Ukraine. Despite these incidents, major airlines remain relatively very safe. However, there are some airlines that have a safety record that scales from average to absolutely terrible. Uh, If you find yourself on the airlines below, ignore everything written above and assume you're either flying to a very remote location where you've got no other choice or you just wanted to book the cheapest fare. Many of the world's most dangerous airlines are banned from flying in both the US and the EU and if aviation authorities are telling you this it's probably with a justified reasoning Uh, so airline ratings.com have published their list of the most dangerous airlines in the world based on a rating system of seven stars factors such as uh, 
fatalities over the last decade, uh, country blacklists and International Air Transport Association operational safety audit certificates all play a factor in how the airlines are rated. And if anyone's flown on any of these airlines, I want to know. Yeah, absolutely. None of the airlines below attained uh, any more than about two out of seven stars. Multiple fatal accidents in 2010 and 11 have not so as, have not assisted this particular airline, which is one called Tara Air. So Tara Air managed to accumulate just one of seven stars. Wow. Uh, multiple fatal accidents in 2010 and 11 have not assisted this uh, Nepalese-based uh, carrier's rate. <laughs> You're right, you're right there, Nev. Right have I said something rather amusing? <laughs> oh dear, I'm not very good at this. I thought I was doing well by saying never. <laughs> 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 Oh no! Uh oh! <laughs> I think Carry on, please, <laughs> Matt. <laughs> I, I think I think we've lost him. <laughs> I think we've lost him. <laughs> okay. Uh, 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 anyway. Uh, <laughs> Uh, anyway, I, I don't know if I want to read this story anymore. Anyway, Rated which operates a fleet of eight aircraft in and out of the dangerous mountains approaches in Nepal. Um, so anyway, Nepal Airlines. Nepal's has uh, seen nine fatal accidents over the last eight years. I'm not sure we should be laughing when it's something as serious as this. Anyway, statistically, flying into the mountainous kingdom is relatively dangerous. Nepal Airlines has been flying since 1958 under the name Royal Nepal Airlines and its safety record leaves a lot to be desired desired uh, accumulating just one star nepal airlines is banned from flying it to the eu although the last 20 years has seen a vast improvement of the airline's safety record a fatal accident in 2014 resulted in 18 fatalities um is it is it Ariana Afghan Airlines, uh, serving as Afghanistan's national carrier? Uh, Ariana has just five aircraft in their current fleet, and is disproportionately stagger and has disproportionately staggering record of 19 aircraft being written off during its history, including seven fatal incidents. Uh, Blue Wing Airlines uh, are based in the small South American nation of Suriname. The loss of three different Antonov AN-28 aircraft over a three-year period has found uh, the airline banned over European airspace, which includes neighbouring French territory, Guinea, uh, French uh, French Ghana, sorry. Uh, uh, Cam Air. Cam Air finds itself in exclusive company at the bottom of this safety list with just three other uh, one star airlines for the company. The, this Afghanistan based airline finds uh, itself banned from US airspace and then Cam attempted to fly into the EU in 2010. They found themselves denied permission to operate there too after incidents that included a fatal accident and uh, a separate bomb threat. Um, is it Trigana Air Service with 10 hull losses and 14 accidents involving Trigana operated aircraft it's no wonder that the Indonesian airline was only awarded a one star rating like its peers on this list uh, Trigana is also banned from EU and US airspace SCAT Airlines this is a Kazakhstan based airline uh, that has an unimpressive safety record however it has not seen a fatal accident since 2013 although SCAT doesn't operate with with an internationally recognised safety audit certificate, the airline is making a huge is making huge improvements uh, to be internationally recognised and to operate safely. So it's safe to say I haven't travelled with any of those airlines. <laughs> Nev, yourself, you're right there, Nev. 
Uh, no, funnily enough, no, me, me neither. <laughs> I've obviously missed something. <laughs> what did I do? What did I do? I think we'll have to tell you later on. Okay. Not, not, not now. Oh, fair enough. Oh. Anyway, <clears throat> Armando, you're still there, hopefully. Yes, yeah. I don't think he is. <laughs> Armando, please tell me you're there. Can you guys hear me? Yes, yes, yes we can. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was just I was just thinking Neb is falling off the British pedestal that I hold him on. Yeah. You know, losing control of his oh, emotions yeah. like this. No, I think that, that went some time ago. <laughs> oh, anyway, I'm fully composed now. Okay, well, if you're composed enough, uh, Nev, um, this next story, being as serious as I possibly can be, uh, I... Sp- Siri, why are you talking? Oh, anyway, uh, Siri's just piped up for some reason. This next story, uh, Nev, I've chosen especially for you as uh, it's something that uh, we've got coming up later. It is, and it's on the traveldailynews.com. And uh, it says that uh, based in Antwerp, Belgium, Air Antwerp is a new regional carrier that began operating in September of this year. And it did because I was on it. Uh, and um, the European Regional Regions Airline Association is delighted to announce that at its annual General Assembly, its newest airline member, bringing the number of carriers in ERA membership to 51. Air Antwerp is Belgium's newest carrier, established in May 2019, operating Fokker 50 aircraft. Only one of them, I have to say. Uh, but uh, yeah, based in Belgium, uh, Air Antwerp is a new regional carrier that began operating in September. And the airline currently provides 16 return flights a week from its home base to London City Airport, operated with a Fokker 50 turboprop that seats up to 50 passengers. Uh, the Belgian startup is co-owned by the Irish regional carrier CityJet, an ERA, an ERA member, and Dutch flag carrier KLM, the parent company of ERA member KLM CityHopper. Uh, the ERA Director General, Montserrat Bar. Baraja said um, Air Air Antwerp is in the early stages of what I'm sure will be a long and successful journey and I believe that the airline will benefit greatly from the breadth of knowledge, experience and support our association and its members can provide. The Belgian carrier offers excellent connections for business travellers and I look forward to working with them in the future. Uh, Johan Martins, who's the CEO of Antwerp, stated, uh, we are looking forward to cooperating with the ERA and other member airlines to defend our common interests in our relationship with the regulatory bodies in Europe. And secondly, the association also helps its members to identify and address common industry challenges faced by European regional airlines. And these are the two important elements uh, which spurred our decision to join the ERA. So we'll talk more about this service a bit later on in the show. Mm. Very interesting. Looking forward to that as well, Nev. So uh, mm. moving on to the next story, and hopefully, uh, Armando, you're still uh, still there. And uh, this one, I think this one as well was sent in by one of the listeners, Armando. Uh, yeah, if you guys remember back in August, there was a Delta 757 that landed in uh, Punta de Gata in the, in the Azores, and it had a pretty rough landing where we looked at some of the pictures and it, we were thinking, oh, this this airplane's probably a write-off and, uh, we'll, you know, we'll wait to see what uh, comes of this airplane. Well, uh, just this week, 
Delta Airlines did hire a um, a Antonov AN-124 from a Russian freighter operator to bring the required parts to fix the damaged sections of the aircraft. So the aircraft did arrive on the island August 27th. It's the first time this Portuguese airport has welcomed an Antonov AN-124. Obviously, it attracted many spotters and curious people who wanted to witness the arrival of such a huge cargo plane on the island. Uh, after the repair uh, operation that will be conducted by Delta engineering teams, the Boeing 757 will indeed fly back to the Atlanta International Airport where it is based. So, yeah, it looked pretty crinkled, but uh, apparently they're going to be able to fix it. So, Just amazes me, that aircraft, the um, Antonov 124, that... Uh, you know, it's one of these aircraft that we don't, well, don't we often see in the UK. I think it's flown into Stansted a few times, uh, if I remember right. I think uh, that particular um, cargo carrier, I'm pretty sure they fly into, into Stansted here in the UK. Armando? Uh, I, yeah, I think they, I, I saw them fly over there in Europe a couple of times. I know they're certainly active here in the US. Um, the AN-124s from uh, this, I, I keep saying this operator because I can't pronounce it. <laughs> Um, but they, uh, you can see them on some of the ADSB exchanges online, uh, just transiting across the country. And it's, it's pretty cool. I got a chance to see one of these up in Northern, uh, Scandinavia once and, oh my gosh, they're just amazing aircraft. So, so big, just, it's incredible just watching it getting the, in the air. Sorry, Matt has just, uh, Escaped the studio for uh, five seconds, so I've moved over into the hot seat at the moment. So uh, mm. there we go. <clears throat> so moving on to uh, the next story, uh, which is this is me, isn't it? For the next story, I think yes, it is me. So we're gonna we're gonna fade across to my camera when with no one sitting. This is this is quite interesting. Here we go. Seamlessly. Seamless. Oh bit of editing here for Matt at some point in the next uh, few hours. Anyway, next story is on uh, Flight Global, one of uh, the awesome sites that Nev loves because it's got a very nice font indeed. And uh, this one is uh, a Airbus story and Airbus reaches 1000 A320 Neo deliveries. Airbus has passed a key milestone for the A320 Neo family with the 1,000th delivery. The aircraft is an A320 Neo assembled at its Hamburg plant, which is uh, was delivered to Indigo uh, on lease from CDB Aviation Lease Finance. Uh, celebrating 1,000 deliveries, uh, Michael Menking, uh, Airbus's head of A320 program with Indigo Chief Executive Rono Dutta and Michael Culhane, uh, SVP, new aircraft at DCDB, Aviation Lease Finance. So the significant milestone comes less than four years after the first A320neo was delivered in January 2016 to Lufthansa. Uh, in comparison, the delivery of the first 1,000th original A320 models took more than a decade uh, between 1988, wow, was it that long ago, and 1999. A, a total A320 family deliveries uh, stand at roughly uh, 9,100 aircraft. 
Uh, Indian carrier Indigo is the world's largest A320neo family customer with orders for 430 aircraft. It's also the world's largest A320neo fleet, having taken 96 aircraft since its first uh, was delivered back in March 2016. Uh, A320 assembly is undertaken at four sites globally, Toulouse, Hamburg, Tangin and Mobile. Uh, the first A321neo was delivered in 2017, with the first A321LR uh, following in 2018. Airbus also offers an A319neo. I didn't realise that, Nev. An A319neo. Not I I, something no. there. Uh, but it's not begun mm. deliveries. The latest variant of the A320neo, uh, the A321XLR, is due to enter service in 2023. It seems to be that this uh, Indigo uh, are seem to be doing rather well, um, don't they? they? Are. Yes, yeah. Definitely, yeah, and uh, no, big big uh, Airbus customer, <clears throat> aren't they? Gosh. Yeah. So moving on to the next story, which uh, is Matt's story, isn't it? Actually, uh, on so as Matt's not here, I shall have to read this one as well. How good am I? So next story is on Flight Global again. Uh, on I actually know it's on Aviation Herald. I should say this story, and uh, this one is regarding an incident that happened on the eighth of October. Uh, this is with an Ethiopian Airlines uh, 767-300. Uh, performing flight ET908 from Dakar, Belize, Dang, Senegal to Bamco, Mali, with 90 people on 90 people on a 767-300. Wow. Maximum capacity then. Uh, uh, this aircraft uh, in particular was on initial climb out of Blaze Dang International Airports, runway 19, when the right-hand engine, a Pratt & Whitney 4062, failed, caught fire, prompting the crew to stop the climb uh, at around 2,500 feet and return to Dakar for a safe landing on runway 19, about eight minutes after departure. Uh, the aircraft vacated the runway. Emergency services put the fire out, uh, and the passengers subsequently disembarked, normally via stairs on the left-hand doors. The airport reported the engine caught fire on the climb out and the airline reported that the aircraft suffered a mechanical problem. It's safe to say that definitely was a mechanical problem. Mm. Uh, perhaps Matt can pop the pictures up while we're doing this. So a passenger uh, apparently reported that after the aircraft became airborne there was a loud noise. Definitely, I can definitely see that. Uh, the air conditioning outlets began to emit smoke. And uh, the uh, various pictures on the uh, Aviation Herald site show the uh, the engine looking in rather a sorry state. It's safe to say. But uh, the aircraft in in question, I mean, this must be a fairly old airframe, I'd imagine. Nev, being uh, being yeah. a seven six three hundred, um, looking. Hmm. Yes, it's lost its newness, isn't it? It has, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this particular one was, uh, well, just coming up to 19 years old, this aircraft. So this was first registered back in 2000, this particular one. Oh, so not that old, really, no. uh, by aircraft. It's, it's, and it's only a three owners from new aircraft as well, Ethiopian hmm. being the latest, Heinen Airlines as well, and Sobilair uh, have also owned this. This is when it was first built, so, uh, yeah, it, um, yeah. So, moving on to the next story, Nev, and uh, next one is just for you. Yes, this is on the uh, flightglobal.com <clears throat> website, and uh, it's about the A380, and uh, A380 operators are set to be instructed to check for cracks 
in the trailing edge and trailing edge devices of the double deck type. Uh, the uh, European Union Aviation Safety Agency, uh, EASA, says that the uh, directive is intended to prevent in-flight loss of parts from the trailing edge following findings of cracks in devices on both sides. Uh, Airbus has addressed the situation with service bulletins covering inspection, um, uh, instructions for various locations and modifications to achieve design service targets. Uh, the ARSA directive lists some 30 structures for inspection with individual service bulletins identifying the specific A380 airframes to which they apply. Uh, these structures include ribs, actuator brackets, and uh, actuator assemblies at a number of spoiler locations. Uh, EASA's proposed directive mentions that the several of the structures are made from 7449. Uh, Airbus has previously experienced a wing component cracking issue which involved an aluminium alloy known as type 7449, an issue which resulted in an extensive retrofit program and use of a more robust alloy. Uh, EASA says that the new detailed inspections of the trailing edge and trailing edge devices need to be carried out within 147 months of the A380 date of manufacture and then at six-year intervals. Um, I'm not especially alarmed by this, but that, that's what, you know, checking and inspection is all about, isn't it? So if they mm. find something that's wrong, um, they can address it quickly and get it fixed before it becomes a much bigger problem. Have, have you noticed how in the last... Um I don't know, probably last sort of year, there's been more and more stories coming out with, you know, various fatigue and cracks and stuff, you know, being found or, or having to be checked on, not just Boeing, but also Airbus aircraft. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not really sure whether that is because, well, it's just 24-hour news now, isn't it? So, you know, the, these things tend to get found out and, and broadcast. Uh, um, you know, I, I think there's always been, <clears throat> you know, uh, metal fatigue, issues with aircraft over the years of different types um i think we just get to hear more about it now uh, mm. than we used to maybe that's the reason i, I don't really know so uh, interestingly sorry just going back to uh, uh we've got some, getting some whatsapp messages in which is ooh, great uh, i think I, like it, that. I think it was neil uh Lamour. let me just double check uh, I think it was uh, yeah, it was Neil Lamour that just sent uh, sent us. Apparently, the thousandth the thousandth Neo delivery is currently on on flight twenty four, which is quite cool. And he just ah. sent us a little uh, screenshot of that. There you go. Uh, that's what he's taken on the phone. That's uh, they're now taking the thousandth delivery of a Neo aircraft. That's quite cool, isn't it? Very cool. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's. Uh, it's uh, th th that's a big number, isn't it? A thousand. It, it, well, it is for uh, for any air, or air, uh, aircraft or airline or manufacturer or something like that. Yeah, but they normally normally do uh, when they reach these milestone aircraft. The aircraft itself normally has that emblazoned across the fuselage at yeah. the front, thousandth or five hundredth. You know, always has the um, yeah. I, I wonder the, why uh, perhaps the they they've on. sort of decided decided it not, may have it on, not actually. to it do that. On. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Richard King has just sent us. An aircraft, uh, a picture of an aircraft, sorry, and he said uh, in the message he just sent, um, uh, this is a photo of my daughter Imogen when I finally had my 50th birthday present flights Ooh. in a Tiger Moth and then, is it a Cap 10B? Is that right? Have I said that right? Cap 10B? What is that supposed to... Have I said... Uh, me with the Cap 10B. Oh, hang on. There's another picture to, to come. Uh, Sorry. Another I was, picture. I was, try I was jumping the gun there a bit, but... Uh, 
Uh, yeah. yeah, hang on a second. Uh, there is. I'll, I'll bring. Uh, talk amongst yourselves. Uh, do the next story or something. I'll perhaps. Mm. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'd love a fly in a tiger moth, but uh, they're rather expensive at uh, Duxford. You can actually go from uh, from Duxford in a, in a tiger moth, but they're not um, one of the cheapest. Uh, fly- Mind you, they are cheaper than flying in a Spitfire. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, you have to sort of. Re- yes, yeah, so there's mm. me with the Cap Ten B. Yes. Look, there we go. Oh, yeah. That, that looks like a very sporty type of aircraft. It does. It doesn't look like it's going yeah. to hang about, does it? Yeah. Armando, have you, uh, have you heard of said aircraft? I can't say I have, actually. Oh. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I've never seen that one before. Oh, there we are. There's, there's a first. Wow. Very interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something you'll never hear on the show again. No, indeed. Catching yes, Armando yes. out. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Armando. Did... On the subject of that, the last story uh, for you is uh, kind of a techie story, but um, also, uh, well, a bit of a, bit of a dense story. Uh, yeah, I love techie stories. Uh, this Paris-based uh, French carrier, low-cost carrier, uh, B, B-E-E, says it's now the first airline to offer a 3D virtual tour of an Airbus A350 aircraft. The airline partnered with California-based startup Matterport to put the experience together, which allows viewers to check out French B's tightly packed A350 wide bodies. At 411 seats, they are the densest capacity A350s in service. Delta, by comparison, puts 306 seats into the same airplane. That's 306 and 411. From the cabin to the cockpit, the 376 economy class seats and 35 premium class seats materialized before the eyes of the travelers, travel agents, and aviation specialists. Uh, They left out enthusiasts. Um, The tour lets visitors wind their way from the A350's cockpit back through the cabin where they can check out French B's 232, quote, premium cabin uh, and a 343 coach section. Uh, Viewers can wander all the way back to the aft galley. I am very proud of this partnership, which considerably enriches the way we present and promote our offer to travelers. Oh, look at that. We're moving through it as we speak live. Uh, Who are eager for new consumer experiences and the most complete transparency on products, uh, said a spokesman from B. Um, B offers nonstop service from San Francisco to both Paris, Charles de Gaulle, and uh, Papet aircraft or airport in French Polynesian territory of Tahiti. Next summer, French B plans to add another route between Newark Liberty and Paris Charles de Gaulle. I'll tell you what, looking so, at this, um, having a play with this, um, Matt's also obviously got the thing on the YouTube there as well, so you can look. But I'll tell you what, the, the cl- uh, clarity of the picture is awesome. You can actually, you can actually zoom in on even the smallest lettering on uh, like the, uh, the the ovens and the galley and stuff and the lockers and stuff and scroll and, and zoom right in it's a really you definitely have to put the link to this in the uh, in the show notes Matt for uh, for the listeners to uh, to look at because it, it does make for interesting and slightly weird viewing because you can Ooh, actually look what I found I found the cop here oh Matt's already found yeah. this one <laughs> well hey, I was I was always a big fan of uh, the apps like Seat Guru oh, or yes. Seat Finder, so I think this kind of takes it to a whole new level, doesn't it? Where you can you can see uh, exactly where your seat is. You can see the numbers. It, it is clear enough that you can see the numbers on the overhead bins. Yeah, yeah. This is quite quite uh, 
and, and actually there's actually little points you can click on inside the galley and it tells you um it gives you well it's in french to be fair but it does give you a little uh, bit of information as to what they do um drinks wise in the galley but can you actually get in the flight deck let's have a look can yeah no I, I'm, I was able to do that so oh yeah, yes yeah. you can actually get onto the flight deck. um but uh, the the website stopped responding before i got uh Oh, that's quite nice. Oh, that's amazing, yes. I'm sorry, I'm just sitting here in the studio yeah. just looking at this. It's quite good, actually. Indeed. Uh, Matt will put the links to this uh, story in the show notes so you can have a play around with that yourself. But uh, it's on the matterport.com website. My.matter, uh, mm. M-A-T-T-E-R, port.com. Well, I never knew that the flight deck seats on the 350 had stars printed all over no. the... Uh, all over the, the uh, seats. Have you had a little play with this, Nev? <clears throat> no, I haven't, but I'm going to. Um, just straight off the show. That looks very interesting, doesn't it? it I, does. mean, I will say, I mean, I've, uh, I've yeah. literally zoomed in to the overhead panel in the, on the flight deck, and you can, you can read most of the switches quite clearly. Mm. It, it, mm. It, it's the, it's the, really these good. These high-res uh, high and uh, HDR and what have you that they do these days is, is fantastic when they're taking these it certainly uh, is. photos, isn't it? So it's really a, it? No, yeah. it really is brilliant. I, I, I mean, it's uh, as I say, I'm just trying to get it to... Uh, as I say, I was getting into the cockpit there when, when my, my video froze. Um, but uh, I'm just trying to sort of do... There we go. There this we go. is it. We, we can have a little wander around the cockpit here now, look. Mm. Look at that. Check out the Thank seat coverings. Nice. <laughs> it looks very comfortable, doesn't it? There's also a lot of room in the 350 cockpit. There is, well, isn't there? there? It's quite spacious, actually. It's probably, got... uh, I don't know how many jump seats they've got. Well, they've got one or two there. but um, got yeah, room, for, room uh, for lunch, certainly. Yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely. I love it. It's really cool. Bring the sofa in as well. Yeah, it yeah, is. Great. great view, isn't it? Love it. Yeah. So that's where we are going to bring the commercial news segment to a close. Hope you enjoyed those stories. Don't forget, if you want to uh, check out any of the stories that we've covered on the show, Matt does always put these in the uh, show notes on uh, the site, so uh, you can look on there. So uh, up next, uh, coming up, we have got uh, a very special little little video segment for you to watch. And for those of you who have been watching uh, since we started the show, uh, remember we had a story on a moment ago about this airline, and uh, Nev had the chance... Uh, well, to go on. So, Nev, what's this all about? Yes, we've just looked at the very latest technology in the A350, and we're not now, because uh, <laughs> this is going to be a little video about my trip on the Fokker 50 that belongs to Air Antwerp. Hello, and welcome to another in the series of Nev's Passenger Experience. Uh, this one's all about my trip on the Air Antwerp, Fokker 50 and the pictures you're seeing at the moment are of the inaugural flight uh, from Antwerp to London City which happened on the 9th of September. They only own one plane. Uh, this Fokker 50 is Oscar Oscar Victor Lima Sierra and it's just under 30 years old and um, just as it's taxiing off of the uh, gate here you'll see the familiar sight of the water truck which is going to give it a bit of a, bit of a wash uh, to celebrate its its first flight. Um, it was a very good flight actually, really enjoyed it um, uh, but uh, when we went on there there was only seven of us so actually it wasn't a very well populated flight at all. Uh, on the way back though it was a bit better, I think there was about 40 people on it so that was a bit more worthwhile. They do uh, three flights a day 
uh, with this aircraft uh, in each direction um, and uh, it's about uh, 50 to 55 minutes flight and uh, very enjoyable it was too and uh, of course the Fog 50 has been around for a very long time but it's still a really good aircraft for local regional operations uh, like this and uh, as you can see uh, as I, uh, we walk up the uh, inside uh, this is not my footage this is some footage that I've borrowed from somebody uh, but uh, you'll see inside it's a two by two configuration for the seating a um, little bit limited space for luggage that's for certain uh, but uh, nonetheless it, it's comfortable enough um, uh, for short sectors you wouldn't want to you know fly on it for a very long time particularly um, but uh, I must say I, I quite enjoyed it uh, here's the shot of us coming into London City Airport over the Docklands area and of course as you would expect I'm in seat 1A but I've got to say that was a little bit cramped so it might have been better to have had uh, two or three or something like that but uh, um, so uh, with this uh, service um, we got just some peanuts um, and some soft drinks no charge for any of the service which was good and the round trip ticket was around about 230 euros return so actually that wasn't too bad for a, a flight that's during the week uh, they only run these flights uh, Monday to Friday uh, for mainly business people I would think but um, I must say it was certainly very efficient and very quick boarding uh, very quick uh, getting of your um, luggage at the other end as well so that was good um, so that's what it's all about at the end of the day is just trying to you know keep the whole thing on schedule the only problem I guess they might have is if uh, the aircraft ever went tech because there's only they only have one aircraft and this is uh, a service which uh, KLM uh, supply uh, with Air Antwerp so it's actually a bit of a code share I think as well so um, but uh, no all well very good service indeed very pleasing um, the interesting thing about coming into London City Airport of course is that it's a much steeper glide slope than most other uh, airports uh, this is a glide slope where you come down at five and a half degrees and you'll see from the uh, the picture here and there's some um, uh, some check heights that you can see uh, that you're coming into from sort of five miles out um, and um, London City Airport is quite known for its sort of you know good weather for most of the time but just occasionally um, it can be fogged in and you know there's, there's no chance of any uh, low visibility procedures there because the run runway is very short um, and a lot of the aircraft aren't capable of doing you know cat 2 or cat 3 landings either I don't think um, but certainly um, for what it is and the ability to get into London quickly on the uh, Docklands light railway that's very handy and so it's perfect for business people I must say although when I arrived the other day uh, it was absolutely chocker with people wanting to go from London uh, wherever somewhere uh, it was extremely busy uh, but uh, anyway we're just coming over the uh, uh, the Thames estuary here and um, yeah the weather was okay a little bit cloudy but we didn't have uh, too much rain to begin with at least uh, it rained a little bit on the way but uh, overall it was uh, really nice um, and you'll see just by this picture the, 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 how much steeper the gradient is than normal uh, and uh, quite a short runway here as well just under 5,000 feet long so you don't want to mess about as they say uh, but uh, with the you know the propeller driven aircraft it's uh, the, the approach speeds are 
a bit slower than jets obviously but uh, no really good service really enjoyed it um, and uh, looking forward to doing that trip again someday I think I'll be backwards and forwards to Antwerp quite a bit by the sounds of things so I'm um, looking forward to that as much as I can well that's it great trip and uh, hope you enjoyed the ride along with me this and other great shows at the Aviation Media Network. The Voices in Your Head.com. The Plane Talking UK podcast is a voluntary project that aims to keep you informed with the latest aviation related stories from newswires across the globe. Producing our content does cost money though. If you enjoy our show, why not help us keep on the air by making a donation towards the server and website hosting fees through PayPal? Any contributions would be greatly appreciated. Are you an Amazon user? If so, why not do your shopping through the link on our website? There's no cost to yourself, and Amazon pays us a small referral fee on qualifying purchases. To find out more about the show and to meet the team, take yourself to our website www.plaintalkinguk.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash plaintalkinguk on Twitter via at plaintalkinguk or get in touch via email on podcast at plaintalkinguk.com Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Flyby 5823 Trent Dane for 2-3 Manchester with Air 6X Client Flight Level 210 Direct to Britain's Park United 123, maintain 280 knots. London 2TME, turn right onto Bravo, link 21, join Alpha, hold at Mora, Speedbird 472, LOC slash DME, approach runway 27 left. Follow the green stand 544. That's enough air traffic control for today, Nat. Bedtime. So we came up with the idea of having a video course. Obviously ours are, are better because we've got the experience on the aircraft and we know what we need to be looking at. Something that myself and Andy started initially really to improve our own technical knowledge and put something out there. We saw that there was a gap and this wasn't a media that was being used for this purpose and our hunch was right because there was obviously a market for it. ever wondered what it would be like to fly a commercial passenger jet? Looked up at the sky and thought, I wish that was me? Well now anyone has the chance to have a go at flying in a real aircraft simulator. NP Simulations and Flight Experience London, the only official Boeing licensed product of its kind in the UK, offer you the chance to fly anywhere in the world in their fixed base Boeing 737-800 Flight Simulator. And that's not all. Ground School London offers many different courses for the up-and-coming pilot looking for a start in aviation. With prices starting at just £109, the sky's the limit. So for the ultimate flight simulator experience or engaging preparatory courses, including those for schools and colleges, check out the websites at www.london.flightexperience.co.uk and www.groundschoollondon.com or call on 020 300 40 616. NP Simulations. Fly your dreams. Nev, I have, I have just one question for you. Oh. How quiet is the cabin on that Fokker when you're at cruise? 
uh, it, not bad actually. It it's reasonable. Uh, at uh, takeoff, it's quite noisy up until about um, I don't know two and a half thousand feet when they uh, go into the uh, their, their climb settings. Uh, it's not it's not too bad after that. And f and for a fifty minute or one hour flight, it, it it's fine. But um, yeah, it's um, it was okay actually. And obviously from City Airport to Antwerp, they're, they're not very high. I think probably. I don't know, fifteen, sixteen thousand feet, probably mm. something like that. But um, yeah, it, it's certainly good enough. And of course, it's very inexpensive for them to operate it because it's you know uh, they're very cheap to run uh, these aircraft. And um, so, uh, but uh, they're certainly get a lot of getting a lot of life out of it. As I say, it's just under thirty years old that aircraft. My only slight <laughs> concern, as I said in the in the piece, would be uh, if it ever went tech. Um, they, I don't know what they would do. Only uh, have one to, aircraft. Uh, mm. Get the service up and running if they only got one aircraft. Yeah, exactly. So. Do you know if they've got plans but to uh, get them all? Well, I hope, I don't know because at the moment I was a, a bit concerned when I went over there, as I said in the piece, that there was only seven of us on the aircraft, uh, which was superb, obviously in many respects. Yeah. But if that's, uh, I hope that's not representative of, of the load factors. I don't mm. think it was because I took a, a mid midday flight. So it's going to be for for business people. I think going backwards and forwards, they run this uh, Monday to Friday. They don't they don't run it at weekends. But um, yeah, I'm hoping it'll be a good service and uh, that they'll continue. And they want might want to um, you know get another aircraft after that too. So we're going to hand things over then next uh, to our fully qualified military aviation expert. So uh, Armando, if you're still there, we'll hand things over to you. Yeah, still hanging in there. I don't know about fully qualified, but hey, I did some time. So if you guys are ready and you're ready to hit the button, Matt, let's yeah. go do it. <laughs> So this first story is regarding the FA-18C and how the last one flew for the last time at Naval Air Station Oceana in Virginia Beach last week, according to the Navy. The last FA-18 Charlie Hornet, a number 300, was flown October 2nd by Lieutenant Andrew Jal uh, Jalali, who was born in 1988, the same year that the aircraft completed its first Navy acceptance check flight, according to the Navy news release. The F-18C is a single-seat strike fighter aircraft. The airframe has been flown by the Navy's Blue Angels Flight Demonstration Squadron, but in 2021, they will transition to the new F-18EF Super Hornet, the successors of the F-18A and the F-18C. Uh, aircraft number 300 was assigned to Strike Fighter number 106, uh, or, or Strike Fighter Squadron 106 at Naval Air Station Cecil Field, Florida, which trains naval pilots on how to fly the FA-18 Super Hornets. It had been with the unit for 31 years of service. The aircraft will now be stripped of all of its usable parts and be scrapped, according to the Navy. Last April, the Navy announced the F-18C's retirement after its last deployment aboard the aircraft carrier USS Carl Vinson in the Pacific Ocean. The aircraft and her pilots have contributed to every major combat operation, ranging from the 1998 Operation Desert Fox in Iraq to Operation Enduring Freedom in Afghanistan to the ongoing Operation Inher Inherent Resolve in Syria and Iraq. 
Commander Thomas Bodine, the Navy's Federal Executive Fellow to the Chicago Council on Global Affairs, said in April. The F-18C's departure from the Navy's operational roster marks the end of an era. It will still be flown by the Marine Corps. Oh, that's so sad. Uh, for the past year, 50 F-18 Hornets from Strike Fighter One, uh, Squadron 106 have been transferred to the Navy Reserve and U.S. Marine Corps aviation units. Some of them have been preserved in case they are needed in the future, according to the Navy. You know, I always feel bad for the Marine Corps. They just kind of get uh, everybody's hand-me-downs. <laughs> Isn't that the way it works within the military, though, Armando? Certainly, yeah. how, certainly how it works in life. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? The Marine Corps is going to make them look great. Ah, now I see what you did there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is the end of an era, and I, I would love to get Captain Nick's uh, take on the F-18C. Uh, I think a lot of the military pilots that I've interviewed have consistently said that the F-18 is their favorite aircraft to fly. Um, so we'll, well see. Uh, if, if I know Captain Nick, Captain Nick will, even if he's not listening live, he will certainly listen to this in, a, in maybe a week or so's time. So if I were you, I'd put a direct plea on here right now for <laughs> what you would love to hear from him because I'm sure we'll get something in a, in a few weeks' oh, time. Oh, don't talk it up, Matt. The old, yeah, right. the old I, think, I, <laughs> I would love to hear first-hand experience you know, in a, a bit of an extended segment. M maybe I'll get the pleasure of interviewing Captain <gasps> Nick. Oh, dun, I dun, dun. That, 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 There we are. There, there's a segment right there, isn't oh, it? On the Gauntless Men Throne. Coming Absolutely. soon. Okay, lovely. We'll so, leave you to liaise then. I know. Next. <laughs> the next story is a pretty damn awesome story. This There's a video of this, which I have to say, I, I, I watched it a few times this week, and... Um, for anyone living in Australia, I think in a, in a high-rise office, I mean, pff, talk about best view in the in the house. Um, so this one on the businessinsider.com. Intense video takes you inside the cockpit of a C-17 Globemaster as it flies past skyscrapers in Australia. Well, I'm watching the video again. I should be reading the story. And Anyway, so uh, holy Sierra Hotel India Tango pretty much sums up my reaction to the recent footage of a Royal Australian Air Force pilot zooming past skyscrapers in a C-17A Globemaster. Uh, as the words, terrain, 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 and obstacle ahead, <laughs> yeah, blare over the intercom in the cockpit. Uh, there's actually a video as well from the flight deck of this uh, C-17A. Uh, so the 360-degree cockpit footage that was also posted to the Royal Australian Air Force's official YouTube page on uh, Friday with a series of impressive photos showing the not-so-lumbering beast of a plane flying over Brisbane, Australia, ahead of an air show this weekend. Uh, the impressive clip isn't the only footage of the flight. A similar video posted on Instagram by News 9 reporter Rob Morrison with offered glimpses from the other side of the cockpit door, uh, you know, the ones nearest the buildings as well. And uh, the, the video is just amazing. For those of you watching on YouTube now, you may have seen this video before, but um, it is, <laughs> you've got to say, admit, Matt, if you were um, doing your weekly shopping in, uh, I don't know, 
I mean, Tesco's and I'm, came out and saw that flying above. I don't know. A part of me, given given how built up this particular area is, there's a small part of the Mr. Health and Safety Conscious over here is thinking, I'm not sure how much I like this. <laughs> you know, especially if it's busy weaving round. Uh, it, it's, I mean, it's it's stunning footage, but so much could go wrong, especially involving Whew, high-rise vehicle, uh, buildings and all that kind of thing. I, it I don't does, know. Um, it does, the story does say that the C-17A um, conducted passes over the Brisbane River and the Central Business District as the pilots expertly manoeuvred the aircraft as part of preparation for the river fire display. The, the RAAF said in a statement referring to uh, the weekend's Sun, uh, Sun Super River Fire and Flight demonstration, which included flyovers from some Super Hornets as well. Each flying display is planned and flown beforehand, and the pilots trained to a high skill level to perform such maneuvers. The statement continues. Uh, the aircraft will be at least 100 metres clear of terrain or any buildings during the display, and the flying display will provide the public a great opportunity to take photos of the aircraft. My word, can you imagine Jonathan Warner oh, being in a high rise building oh, or on the roof, on the roof <laughs> of a said building? During this, uh, he'll be a little thing. bit beside himself. With, My with, word! With so, glee um, and excitement. That's uh, that's quite interesting. I mean, I'm guessing uh, Armando, this kind of thing doesn't generally tend to happen within kind of the U.S. in New York. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know that. You know, I don't know that that it would ever be flown through the middle of a, a city like this. But uh, I don't think it's it's that strange. You should see what these guys do with these aircraft. Uh, through the mountains when they're flying low level and how close they fly to the rocks. Uh, I, you know, Cap, the uh, major, major Rick Bell can uh, probably chime in on that, but uh, I'm sure all of this has, has been risk mitigated and there's an, a, a very detailed planned route that they fly. Sure. There's always potential for something to go wrong, but um, yeah, I, it would never happen here. It probably would never happen there in the UK. But hey, I'm glad the Australians are doing it, and yeah. it makes for great footage. It certainly does. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, before we move on to the next story, which uh, I think uh, Nev is in charge of this week, uh, we've got uh, um, some pictures that have been sent in by Richard Adams. So this is a, a challenge for you here in the military. Uh, so, uh, Mr. So Warner. We, so Matt, if you're doing the military section, uh, see if anyone knows where this is. I used to work here as a maintenance electrician. This is a photo when working on a pr on the approach lighting. So there we are. So for those of you watching on YouTube, I've popped the I've picture I've got a guess. There. Um, it's uh, not Norwich. he hasn't given me the answer, so it's not Norwich, right? No. Okay. Uh, he hasn't given me the answer, but I'm sure if somebody says the correct answer in the chat room, uh, he'll tell us whether it was. Hopefully, uh, before If Mr. The... Warner gets this wrong... <clears throat> oh, yeah. we've had a response from Jonathan Warner already. Oh, have we? Okay. Uh, Which Mr. Is? Warner says, Upper Hayford. Okay, all right. Well, we, we look forward to hearing from Richard whether that... And according to Richard, that is correct. That is correct. There we are. Yeah, typical <laughs> Jonathan Warner. We, to be fair, you could have probably have put the aircraft in a picture there with a blade of grass. Right. And, and have, nothing else. It, yeah. And, and <laughs> uh, Jonathan Warner would have... Yeah. yeah. But uh, seriously... Just a, just a fuzzy picture of uh, an airplane tail in the clouds and, and a blade <laughs> of grass, and he would have still gotten it right. And he'd have still nailed it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. This is what... We're, anyway, thanks for that, Richard. That, that came in via the what? WhatsApp, so uh, do feel Thanks for free that. to send in your messages. Uh, Nev, you're next. Nev, a story about an aircraft that was first produced in 1969. 
Yes, and it's, I don't know if Matt can bring up the picture of this, but uh, it's a very unusual looking aircraft. And uh, this is on flightglobal.com. And it says that the Argentine Air Force plans to retrofit an undisclosed number of IA-58 Pucara uh, light attack aircraft into intelligence, surveillance and reconnaissance variants, uh, renaming the type as the IA-58 Phoenix um, or Phoenix, I think that's probably pronounced. Um, Buenos Aires uh, operates uh, 25 IA-58s, according to the Flight International's 2019 World Air Forces Directory. Uh, the aircraft, which were built by state-owned Fabrica Militaire de Avions, uh, entered service in 1975. The turboprop attack aircraft first flew in 1969 and 107 examples were produced between 1974 and 1999. Uh, the IA-58 is being transitioned into an ISR role because it's logically difficult to support and is hindered by outdated systems, says the Argentine Air Force in a media release on the 3rd of October. Uh, the Argentine Air Force plans a number of upgrades to keep its fleet of IA-58s operational for 15 to 20 more years. Uh, Argentina uh, plans to swap out the aircraft's two French-made turbomecha uh, Astazu turboprop engines for Pratt & Whitney PT-6A-62 turboprops. Uh, the aircraft's three-blade propellers will be changed out for four-blade propellers made by Hartzell. Uh, the aircraft will gain new ISR equipment, such as a multispectral sensor, laser target designator, and synthetic, synthetic aperture radar. Uh, new communications intelligence equipment will also be installed, including a satellite data modem. Argentina operates a fleet of 24 Lockheed Martin uh, A4AR Fighting Hawk attack aircraft. Uh, in July, it was reported that the country was interested in buying a dozen FA-50 light attack jets from Korea Aero Aerospace Industries, uh, though that prospective order has not yet been confirmed by the government. But uh, there you go. Yeah, very unusual uh, looking aircraft, isn't it? And so if, you wanna, if you live in the UK, and uh, Jonathan Warner's actually pointed this out in the chat room as well, but for those of you listening to the audio podcast, if you want to go and see what one of these aircraft looks like, you can either check out the show notes or you can go over to the Royal Air Force Museum uh, in Cosford here in the UK in Shropshire. And uh, they've got one of these on static display, which is actually a captured one, an Argentinian captured one. So, uh, yeah, be good to see. But I know what you I see what you, uh, you mean, uh, Nev. Certainly an, uh, an interesting-looking aircraft. One you've yeah. seen before, Armando, or not? Yeah, I think this was the, uh, you know, sort of a, a brother to the OV-10, which uh, had a long history in many, many air forces for many conflicts. And actually, the OV-10s are still in service today. Uh, but I think this is a, a similar capability uh, aircraft. And putting those PT-6s on there is going to make it a, you know, great. That PT-6 is on so many different turboprop aircraft uh, around the world. And I think the OV-10 had Garrett's on it, but uh, which, which gave it, gave it a, a really unique sound, but uh, transitioning it from a light attack role to a ISR role will reduce the amount of stress that's on this aircraft, you know, on the, on the wings and the whole structure. And uh, basically in, in a more docile 
roll it'll it it should be able to go on for years and years and years um and and then with advances in technology and and you know satellite downlinks the everybody loves their their video imagery and real-time you know information um stream so this uh this airplane is well suited to it so from one story where you should definitely check out the pictures of to another one of another story for you, Nev, of something else you should definitely Google this because the pictures. Oh, sorry, Matt. Actually, I'll have a story. go. Yeah, you don't have mind. A go. Yeah, this um, for those. Nev you, went into a flat spin there. I know. For he worried. Uh, I've done my grey stuff. He says. <laughs> not. I mean, not. Not only is uh, not only is this uh, particular aircraft Matt's now going to talk about. Does it look awesome? But it's also huge. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So this is on Popular Mechanics, and the uh, headline mm. is the Navy's first carrier-based drone has flown. So the MQ-25A Stingray won't drop bombs or dogfight, but it will stretch the legs of planes that do. So the U.S. Navy's MQ. 25A Stingray drone flew for the first time last month, making a major step forward, integrating it into the carrier air wing of the future. The Stingray isn't the first drone the Navy has flown, but will be the first to regularly fly off a carrier deck. Uh, the aircraft will refuel other planes, extending the range of aircraft like the Super Hornet and the Lightning II. The flight test, according to USNI News, took place at Mid-America Regional Airport in Illinois. Uh, the flight, which lasted for two hours, was under the control of Boeing test pilots. The aircraft completed an anonymous taxi, uh, no, sorry, an autonomous, sorry, not autonomous, uh, autonomous taxi and takeoff, and then flew a, a predetermined route. Boeing said in a statement on its website, the test validated the aircraft's basic flight functions and operations with the ground control station. The, MQ, uh, the MQ-25A is the result of years of Navy deliberation about how to best proceed into the world of unmanned carrier warfare. The service flew the uh, Northrop Grumman uh, X-47B unmanned aerial vehicle in 2013, performing takeoffs and landings from the USS George H.W. Bush. Um, uh, observers had high hopes for the X-47B, which was very much what a UAV uh, designed for stealthy penetration of air defence networks and dropping precision guided bombs would look like. But the Navy had other plans. After a few months of test flights, the service uh, put the X-47B on the back burner. The X-47B proved that carrier-based UAVs were possible, opening up a world of possibilities and the Navy had to figure out how to proceed next. Many wanted the Navy to develop an operational version of the X-47B, an unmanned strike aircraft with the range to strike long-range anti-carrier systems such as the Chinese DF-21D anti-ship uh, anti uh, ballistic missile. Uh, a major criticism of today's carrier aircraft is that they're outranged by the DF-21D, forcing a carrier to position itself and all 6,000 people on board within striking distance of the anti-carrier missile in order to launch and recover aircraft. A strike UAV would go a long way forward to sticking to outsticking the DF-21D and other weapons like it. Uh, and uh, a Nimitz carrier. Uh, has room for six or more X-47Bs. A second decidedly less sexy proposal was an unmanned uh, flying gas station 
uh, an aerial refueling tanker would extend the reach of the 24 Super Hornets and the 20 Lightning Twos that will make up the offensive punch of a US Navy carrier in the early 2020s. Instead of having just six long-range strike aircraft, the same number of tankers would vastly increase the range of many more strike fighters. A dedicated refueling tanker would also take the pressure off Super Hornet fly fighters and uh, that refuel other aircraft uh, using the buddy system, freeing up more aircraft in wartime for direct combat. Yeah, I have to say, this is, you know, when you normally s speak about UAVs or drones, you tend to think about things that are either, you know, in the palm of your hand or something that's, you know, the size of a... Mm. A small push bike, or yeah. you know, something that sort of size. This thing, I mean, there's a video actually with this story, and um, this is no small uh, UAV at all. Um, not only has it got a great name, Stingray, because I used to love that series <laughs> Stingray, on TV, Stingray, da, 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 da. exactly. Um, but yeah, it, it does. I mean, there's a few pictures of this on uh, on online, and it does look like one hell of an aircraft. I have to say, it does look pretty stand astounding, um, doesn't it? Even, I mean, even I wouldn't mind giving this a try with a with a handheld, you know, remote control. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the moment it's the hands of the experts, you know, yeah. aka, you know, the Boeing, the Boeing guys. <laughs> yeah. But there you go. There's 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 a little video of it, uh, um, sort of taking off. Actually, as I say, it, 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 it's 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 a it's, big beast, it's isn't big it? Beast. It's a plane, yeah. isn't it? It's, yeah, it's an unmanned aircraft, isn't it? Literally, it's not a drone per se, although I suppose it fits into the category of. Um, what do you think, Armando? If you no. were given a chance to have a have a sort of a go with this, you know? uh, I mean, I'll I'll fly anything if I can put it in my logbook. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've that always point? taken issue with 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 the word drone, and I mm. and I think it's just stuck now. But but they're not really drones. They, there is somebody flying them. Mm. Um, they they're just not in the aircraft. And, and that being said, I, I think that's why it's so hard to judge the scale of the aircraft, is there's no no cognitive tie to it. And I, you know, I don't know what to look at to, to reference how big it is, but when you see that, uh, that, uh, Ford Explorer or whatever it is driving behind it, you, you realize that, Oh geez, that, you know, that thing's the size of a building. So, uh, yeah, it, I remember even when the, when the first generation MQ ones, MQ nines, when you, when you stand next to one of those, it's the size of a, you know, almost the size of an A10, um, so this one looks even bigger than that. It, it's, uh, it is pretty impressive what, uh, mm. uh, I, I can't wait to see what, you know, combat aviation looks like 10 years from now and, and, uh, how technologically advanced everything will be. And, mm. Well, the, the pilots will basically be sitting at home, you know, watching Netflix while controlling <laughs> UAVs. Well, yes, I think it's very much going that way, isn't it? Um, yeah, there's there's plenty of plenty of jokes out there that I won't repeat on the podcast about you know the combat pilots that are sitting in a in a uh, ground control unit somewhere. <laughs> but uh, you can just <laughs> use your imagination. Yeah, yeah, all, all very complimentary. I'm quite sure. Yes, very much so. Yeah, very much so. Absolutely. <laughs> no, thanks for those stories this week, Armando. As always, mm. uh, uh, top class stuff. Oh, our backdrop, by the way, we've got. To, I've, I've just had some details sent by uh, Mr. Warner, so I can give you some. Uh, I can give you some details. Uh, were, oh, Carlos, you disappeared. Then that was very clever. Let's do that again. Sorry, there we go. Let's like, make him reappear. There you go. Da da. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, anyway, uh, I need to get out more. So uh, uh, the, I forgot to give the details. He says, so the photo is the Swiss F-18C Hornet flying through, is it uh, Axalp? Uh, at uh, just below the speed of sound and pulling G to create the, uh, and his words were, spluff. Yeah, I think he's got something on his lens there. Just right. No, I don't think. I think. Yeah, I presume um, it's because of the uh, the sound barrier, isn't it? Or because it's approaching. No, nah, fluff on the lens. Fluff on the lens. Yeah. That, that's what it is, is it? Oh, hello. Someone's taking off somewhere. What on earth was that? <laughs> Nev, what are you doing? <laughs> that was not me. That I was Armand. That was an Armando noise. Definitely oh, an Armando okay. noise. Yeah. <laughs> what did you do? Hey, uh, uh, that's, I don't know, it's probably some airplane or something landing right outside my window. But... Oh, okay. Oh, that, oh, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, that's, oh, fine. that's fine. Never mind. Carry God. Uh, actually, I've got, some, I've got some videos that are, he sent me a video which I'm going to try and get downloaded um, before the uh, before we uh, we finish. But So don't forget, coming up uh, later on this year, as those of you will probably know, me and uh, Nev will be heading out to the warmer climbs of Dubai for the air show this year. Um, it's uh, not a public show, unfortunately, so it's not open to the general public. But if anyone who uh, listens to or watches the show, uh, if you're going to be in attendance at the Dubai Air Show, it would be great to hear from you. Uh, send us uh, an email to the show podcast at plaintalkinguk.com. And, uh, yeah, if you're going to be at the Dubai Air Show, it would be great to uh, meet up and uh, share a, uh, well, I would imagine in that heat, Nev, it will be a, a bottle of chilled water. <laughs> I think so, yes. Although hopefully the time we get there, it might be a little bit cooler uh, than it has been this, this summer. Just looking at some of the temperatures over there, they were eye Yeah, I mean, I, but, I wouldn't um, hold your breath, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. But, it's, uh, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be superb. Yeah, it should mm. be great. So when are you actually off? Uh, when do we oh, fly? When uh, do we fly? Sixteenth of November, That's I it. think something right. like that. Right, gosh. Yes. Okay. Uh, so go. Well, yeah. actually, I'm going to be there really for two whole days. Uh, yeah. We have to come back, but uh, we're going to pack a lot in. Um, we'll do lots of interviews mm, and footage to. and all that nice stuff that we like. Yeah, to do, looking so. very much. And, and, and Nev, for the benefit of anyone who may not know, who, who are we flying with and on what? And I cross my fingers here. Aircraft. Hmm. Well. On the way out, it'll be British Airways oh, very good. on the A350-1000. Ah, oh, very good. And, uh, we are seriously looking forward to that. Uh, on the way back at the moment, it's a 747, but you never know. They might change that on the way back. We'll you see, never, uh, but, you can always be hopeful. Yeah. Well, they've changed the outgoing aircraft several times because they've actually bought the delivery forward of that uh, A350-1000. Oh. So... Um, uh, so they're actually operating it slightly earlier than they thought they were going to. Oh, well, that's uh, good. But uh, no, we're really looking forward to going on that. I, uh, if the A350 900 was anything to go by, which I went on uh, mm. Finnair a few weeks ago, yeah. this is going to be absolutely something brilliant. else. Yeah, absolutely. I can't. I can't wait for a full Nev slash Carlos passenger experience passenger experience. Off the back, yeah, off the back of that. Uh, just going back to the Alps very <laughs> briefly. Uh, I've I've loaded the video in. So this is from Jonathan Warner. This was from. Uh, uh, while he was uh, in the Alps, um, I'm not getting any sound, which is slightly annoying. But uh, there we go. Yeah. Right, lovely. Okay. Well, that that's a treat for everyone, isn't it? There that we was, go. That was unexpected, wasn't it? That was uh, full HD <laughs> sound there from that video. Thank you, Jonathan right. Moore. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> yes. I don't know quite why I didn't play the audio there. But, oh, uh, don't, never worry, mind, don't worry. Don't yeah. worry. Don't worry. <laughs> 
Uh, now, Nav, you uh, obviously uh, have got um, some special news, which uh, you're going to be talking about later uh, on a later episode, aren't you? About a certain. Uh... Yes, we've got a, a a very nice interview lined up. Mm. Um, oh, I'm looking forward to this. For here. December, <gasps> um, which Captain Nick is going to help us with uh, mm. again, which is great. Um, and I'm not going to tell you who it is yet. Um, oh. But, oh. Um, can we not tease we a little to, bit more? Well, I think we need to drag it out a little bit. Yeah, right. let's, let's, make, okay. let's make everyone wait started. even longer. So, on, so essentially what you're telling us at the moment, at, at this stage, on a podcast that specialises in doing lots of interviews, essentially all you're telling us is that you're going to do an interview. I think that is a superb <laughs> summary. And, um, yep, got, got no qualms with that whatsoever right well, uh, actually, well thanks very much for your time <laughs> nev to tony s in the chat room says mm. is it mel b oh not again are we having her on the uh, podcast well, this time live yeah. no it was it was mel c last time wasn't it right mm. oh i see you um, did that, but yes. uh, no I, I i can tell you that it's not somebody from the world of entertainment although this person has done a lot of um Aviation television programs, or oh. been part of aviation television programs in the past. Right. Oh dear. So how about that? And yeah. uh, no, you cannot offer us any amounts of money to give you the answers. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well. Well. Um, yeah. I, I can be bought actually. Yeah. And uh, on well, it's, so essentially on that bombshell, that is where we're going to rock. And if anyone at BA <laughs> would like to upgrade me and Nev into first class, right? You'll tell. We them, will tell you who right. it is. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, right, uh, that's where we're going to bring episode number 290-something. It's 290, yes. Bang on 290, that's where we're going to bring the show to a close, seeing as these two are giving us absolutely nothing. I know, social <laughs> media links. Don't forget you can contact the show via email, podcast at plaintalkinguk.com, or you can email the individual hosts of the show, uh, which is just add the name uh, Armando, Carlos, Nev, or Matt at plaintalkinguk.com and don't forget as well we are now doing this whole whatsappy type thing so if you want to send a whatsapp or picture or video as uh, a few of you have been doing while well, been doing the show tonight you can send us a whatsapp to it is plus four four seven five seven double two four nine one six six and so that will come through to matt who will then Make it all look lovely and put it on the show. He will, yeah. So that yeah. number again is plus four four seven five seven two two four nine one six six. So what's everyone up to next week? Armando, we'll start with you. Um, well, I'll be flying some skydivers. I'll be doing some civil air patrol flying. And I did fail to mention last week, uh, I had a nice flight with Pip. So ah. Pip, was, Pip was here on a layover and... Uh, uh, on his way to training and he got a chance to experience a little bit of North Carolina, North Carolina lake life. So, uh, Dr. Steph, myself, Megan, we took him out on the lake, did some paddle boarding. He very promptly and swiftly fell into the water many, 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 many times. <laughs> he didn't say uh, that on any, his podcast. There is never, ever, ever any video <laughs> when you want some. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have no doubt. And I can only hope that he's a better pilot than he is a a paddleboarder. paddleboarder okay fingers um, crossed everyone yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but we did uh, we took up the uh this tbm tobago or tobago uh depending on where you're from uh we went around to just kind of the uh, Asheville, the uh, southern appalachian mountains and kind of flew around for a little bit and did some um 
yeah, just kind of a good old general aviation flying and even landed, went to a little museum in Hickory, North Carolina. But uh, yeah, so really, really nice flight with Pip. I didn't get any, any video. I got a little bit of audio. Um, And speaking of Pip, the only ever documented interview with an F-18 pilot on plane safety podcast number 10. Uh, He already did one. So until we get the, um, the high end one <laughs> with Captain Nick. You'll have to settle for Pip's version on PSP episode 10. So, Nev, what's happening in the world of Mr. Bounds next Ooh. week? Well, just checking my BA app on my phone here. Ooh. It tells me that uh, on Tuesday I'm flying to Brussels for the day. Oh, lovely. Uh, just there and back, just a quick uh, whiz there and back. I would have gone Eurostar on me, but. Uh, I need to get back in time, so there's not enough time in the day to do all that. But uh, yeah, so looking forward to doing that. Uh, and then the following week, I'm off to Belfast and Dublin. Uh, ah, so looking cool. forward to that. I've been to Ireland for a few years now, so very much looking forward to that. So it looks wow. like being a busy couple of weeks ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Well then. Yeah. And what's happening in the world of Smith next week? Uh, well, a bit of driving, obviously. I'm off to Londinium. Rox- yeah, no, 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 no Londiniums uh, this week. Uh, I Monday, I'm off to Roxham Barnes, which Lovely. is very nice. Uh, so off to the Norfolk Broads for, on Monday. Tuesday, I'm going to my most favourite place in the whole wide world. I'm actually going to be at Duxford for oh. the day. I know, I'm happy. So uh, actually, genuinely, if anybody happens to be, uh, if you do listen to this before Tuesday, uh, I should probably be there between the hours of 10 and 2 uh, on Tuesday. Uh, why not send me a WhatsApp? So it's plus four four seven five seven two two four nine one six six. Ducks, would you look at, you go there yeah, like 600 million times a year. I know, it's so cool. Uh, and then Wednesday... And the, how could you say you're not into aviation when you literally I, spend all me, your I'll life have, there? Excuse me, I'll have you know, I'm, even, I'm actually a member at Ducks, uh, I'll have you know. Both myself and, and Owen and Lee but and you have Lisa to be, because you spend all your time there. Well, absolutely. Well, it's because it was cheaper, frankly, rather than buying yeah. one every time. But, uh, yeah, so plus four four seven five seven two two four nine one six six, um, and uh, and then Wednesday I'm off to the Gresson Hall Rural Life Museum. Oh, that's nice there. I like mm, that. There. It's good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, lots of interesting things in the calendar this week for me. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Next week, I... I will be off to London on Monday, nice and early. I've got to be at the Olympia in London. Oh, on, good luck with uh, that. At, at 10 o'clock on that's Monday. A, that's a much easier one to get to than... It's than easy to get to, but it's a bugger to park. Is it? Right, but I, London, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. I shall be there on Monday, and then I've got to go back there again <coughs> on Wednesday. Oh Never mind. And if there's one thing I hate, it's driving around London. Uh, you'll get used to it. I know. Yeah, <laughs> and that'll be me for next week, and yeah. I'll be mostly off. See, what week. I want is I want your I want you know the app you were saying where you can see what people see how good oh, or bad I know. people see how good people good good, good my, or bad people are driving. My wonderful- I, I want that app for when you go to London because <laughs> it's all very well sitting there being all Mister High and Mighty, oh. and then when you've got to do it yourself, I, I have an app which yeah, my boss yeah. very kindly has, has mm. given me as my in my role as warehouse manager, uh, which I can track all our drivers on and see how mm. what the performance of their driving is like. And mm-hmm. um, I only could suggest. That this would be a gr- brilliant app for pilots to have. Oh no! To see, oh, no. you know, can you imagine? <laughs> on a, can you imagine pilot Pip having this app? for his flights you know how many landings right. does he how, make yeah well I mean um, <laughs> you're at three landings three usually. landings yeah, usually absolutely. yeah a uh, <laughs> couple of go-arounds um, but no it's it's, anyway, it's fun, it's fun. Uh, we need to wrap up 
it's uh, time to finish. So that's it. That's where we bring so the show to a close. So that is it for episode 290. Don't forget to check out uh, the social media feeds. And we'll be back again next Friday for episode number 291. So thanks to everyone who's joined us in the YouTube chat room. Hope you have a fantastic weekend, whatever you're doing across the globe. And from me, Carlos, and Matt here in the P2K studios. And from Nev and Armando, it is... Everybody say goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.